This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello, and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emmy Birch, and today we are talking about college football. Now wait, before you say no thank you, I'm not a ball sports person. We are talking to one of the officials, so one of the referees wears the stripes, from the sidelines. In fact, we're talking to my friend Greg Lafice, who's a center judge. Now that's the person that gets to hold the football and put it in the middle before the players snap the ball. Snap the balls when they flick it behind them and then the game starts, that type of thing. In this conversation, what I love is that Greg humanizes these referees. He puts a real human face to them and the process and the time and the commitment and the dedication it takes to start as a referee at the high school level and to move up to the College Bowl series. It is such a great conversation. I'm hoping that you can listen to it either right before the first round of college football games or right after because I think this episode provides insight on what you're looking for, what the judges, what the officials, what what the line judges and the there's all sorts of these cool acronyms, what they do. Now, spoiler alert, I just love to watch football. I know the basics of how the game works and how points are scored and all that jazz. But in this episode, Greg gives you some awesome details for what more you can look for and what the officials are actually watching for, how replays work, and so much more. Really, we go through rules, endurance, fitness, and so much. We talk about all sorts of things, throwing fouls, what the flag looks like. We talk about what they're wearing around their belts, the fanciness of those microphones they wear. You'll hear Greg define mechanics, which is very, very interesting, along with, you know, what the Southern saunter is. You'll have to listen to find out. But really, I love how all of this goes back to discipline. So maybe you're not a ball sports fan. Maybe you're a huge football fan. Wherever you are, this episode's a great conversation into something that is a group of people's big passion and because it's their passion they are dedicated to it and they work hard for it and we as a people get to enjoy the sport of football so i hope that you enjoy this very fun conversation with my friend greg lafice today on the illuminate podcast we are talking to a college football official and my friend greg lafice hello greg hi there i am so excited for this conversation the listeners have a lot to learn from you i think how are you doing cool. today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am very excited to learn about officiating college football. Just preparing for this, I've already learned a new terminology, gridiron. Yeah. Is that right? I said yep. right. The gridiron. Yeah, it's the football field. Well, how did you get into football? How did? Where did your official officiating journey begin? I've always been around it. Uh, my father um, was a football official. He wore the stripes, as we say, for 40 years. 40 years on the dot. Uh, he started when he was 18 years old. He was a high school, um, uh, he played He played football in high school. Uh, and when about the time he was graduating high school, a, a local official said, hey, you know, you should, you should really do this. You know, you're a smart guy, you know the game, uh, you're clearly athletic. So, uh, you know, this is a way for you to, to stay in the game. And he said, yeah, sure, why not? You know, make a little money on the side. 
and uh, you know, just little jingle really at, at that time. And and he stuck with it, and he did it through college. And uh, when when he was in his undergrad, and then he just stuck with it. He got involved with his local association uh, in Central Florida here in Orlando. And uh, you know, in the like mid '90s, he started working in lower level Division II uh, college football, and then uh, later into Division One. So, you know, when, when I was when I was growing up, if it was a Friday night, we were loading up in, in my mom's midsize van or a little Astro van and uh, all, all us kids. And, and we'd be going to a ball game somewhere, you know, you know, Lake Mary High School or Lyman or Seminole High School. We, we'd find uh, we'd go to a game and uh, we'd be there to support dad. And, you know, you know, the 10 year old self, you know, I'd, I'd watch the game for a little bit, watch the band. And then, you know, I'd, I'd go find a kid to throw a football with somewhere. <laughs> Fun. Um, a lot of times we would, um, we would carpool with other officials. We had the van, you know, so we would ah. another official or two perhaps. And, and I just, I, I grew up getting to know him and I was just around that, um, that culture. Um, the high, the local high school association also would do a, a family weekend in the summertime where the, the whole high school football officials would come together uh, you know, my dad and, and all those guys in the time, they would do their classes, rules and mechanics. And uh, and then the families who, who weren't in the meetings would go down to the beach and we would all hang out together. There'd be a big bingo night. So it was really a big family weekend. Uh, so really, quite, quite honestly, I, I was around football officiating uh, my, my whole life. I turn 18, fast forward, you know, a number of years. And uh, dad says, well, you know, you know, you're about 18, you, you know, you're about to graduate high school, or do you want to start officiating? I'm like, heck yeah, do yeah. I? You know, so, okay. uh, Been waiting my whole life for this. That's right. Yeah, I'm ready. Sign me up, coach. But um, no, so it, it, from there, uh, you know, I started working. I, I went to my very first clinic with the same local, you know, high school association and uh, got my official training started. And the rest is history. I've been doing it now for 22 years. Wow. Uh, I, I, you know, God willing, if is my legs keep working and, and as long as I'm able to run around the field, I'm going to keep, keep doing it. It's a lot of fun. All right. I have a couple questions. Cause this is awesome. Shoot. Yep. Did you play football in high school? I did not you... look at me. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm more of a, more of a cyclist. Uh, no, I never played football. I was always uh, uh, too small, really. So baseball and golf were my sports in high school. And I uh, never played it, um, but I, I, I've always been a student of the game. You know, it's mm -hmm. growing up as a kid. I was always, I was watching games on television. I would go to them all the time when I was in high school. I was in marching band in high school. Yeah. So, uh, I, I was, I was at all the games in high school. And anyway, I, I've just always been around it. And like I said, a student of the game. So no, never played it. But I love that because it's such a great transfer to life. I think that's a, a Dr. Madsenism. Um, listeners, Greg and I went to one of our same, we share an institution yep. in our background. Yep. And just side note, Greg's full-time job is not officiating, but we'll we'll tap yep. on that a little bit later. Uh, yep, that's um, right. But one of our professors always said, good teaching is good teaching, is good teaching. Yeah. And what a great okay. transfer there because you don't necessarily have to be the master of the craft to guide someone to understand and learn it, or in your case, officiate it. You yep. just have to be a student of the sport. That's so much fun. Okay, so you didn't play, but you started officiating at 18. You yep. did you were you asking your dad before then? Or did you know you wanted to do that at 18? I you know, I always it, it was a possibility. It was, you know, after I graduated high school, I was I started having conversations, you know, how do I how do I get into this? 
you know, can I, how, is it, is it too soon to start? And he, and he reminded me that he started when he was 18. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, I think it was late to mid June. Uh, there was a four week class uh, in Orlando uh, that uh, they, you know, and it met like two nights a week. Mm-hmm. And for half the night, we would study the rules and half the nights we would go out on the, the football field at the local high school there. And we'd learn where to stand, where to look, how to move, uh, just just the basics, just, you know, just to give you a kind of a, a fundamental knowledge. And then, it, it, like I said, we just, we got rolling. Wow. Okay. So I think there's a life lesson embedded in here. You were mm-hmm. asking questions. Oh, for sure. You yeah. asked if you could do it and then you just jumped in and did intro level stuff. Yep. That's right. How did you get out of entry level officiating? Well, I mean, that, that really brings into the, uh, the, the whole preparation, you know, realm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once you, once you've committed to doing something, uh, once your intentions are, are laid out, it's, it's time to, it's time to dive deep, time to dive deep. It's time to, it's time to learn. It's time to acquire all of the, those knowledge and skills. Um, when it comes to football officiating, there are rules, mm-hmm. with, you know, in, in college football, there are only 12 rules. That's it. 12 rules. Now, it seems like there's like so many more than that. 280 pages and <laughs> multiple sections and articles, but uh, the, the college football rule book is separated just into 12 rules. For example, rule one is all about the, the football field, the stadium enclosure, jerseys, pads, and, you know, what are the various players, you know, what, are, you know, a lineman versus a receiver. Rule two is all definitions. We could fast forward. Rule 10 is all about penalty enforcement. Uh, oh, so that's just one of the 12. Yeah. Rule 10 is like 20 pages of just like, how do you enforce various penalties? Wow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's very involved. And, and my, my position as a, as a college footballer, uh, at my position on the field is a center judge. So I, I wear the letter C on my shirt. And Which does I'm, not mean captain. <laughs> does just not mean captain. Tossing that no. out there. That's funny. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell my crew that. So I, you know, I, I'm the captain. I have this. Yeah. Well, don't judge. Done. I thought that for quite some time until you informed me that it's You know what? I'm, I'm rolling with it. I, I'm going to tell my crew on our call this week, you know, I'm wearing the C, so I'm the captain <laughs> to make the choices. Now, no, we have a crew chief uh, on, on each, each of our crews, and it, it's the guy that's wearing the white hat. That's the referee. Okay. Uh, so we have preparation. So we have, so we have rules. We have mechanics. Uh, you, you've got to be physically in shape. Uh, and you've got to have uh, endurance. You, you've got to have all of those components to really be a good official. Um, when, when it comes to, to rules, uh, you know, there are 12 rules, and that's the simple version, but, you know, we, we take tests. Uh, we, we have to know the rules of the game. Um, college football officials every summer, uh, depending on what conference uh, you work in, which maybe I should say college football officials, we were hired by the conference, you know, the SEC, the Sunbelt Conference, the ACC, the, the Pac-12. Big uh, 10. In Big football, at least, it's different in basketball and it's different in baseball, but in football, you're hired by the, by the conference. We are, we're independent contractors. We're not employees of the conference. Ooh, okay. So, uh, you know, so we, we, we get, you know, game checks and we're, we're hired and we're assigned by a coordinator of officials. And that coordinator, he uh, designs the uh, training regimens uh, as far as rules. 
Uh, he, he puts out all of the training videos for us to watch and, and to discuss. He puts together training clinics for the staff in the, in the spring and then later again in the summertime. And then that, uh, that coordinator is also in charge of evaluating the officials as well. And we could talk, I have a, mm -hmm. I can talk about that later. Um, and then uh, that person also uh, hires the, the officials for the conference, places them into crews. And then probably one of the more important jobs is assigns the crews to, to various games and, and set that, sets out the schedule. So then, uh, you know, as a center judge, you know, our crew, we work in crews. Um, we have eight, eight people on a crew, plus two officials that are up in the replay booth. The replay booth officials don't all, they kind of rotate amongst the crews, um, but we have the eight on field and then two, so, so 10. Would you be with those eight all season? Most of the time, yeah. So for example, um, you know, I, I attended Stetson University for my undergraduate. Uh, I would, I would, I would scratch any any game that included me and Stetson University for obvious, you know, bias reasons. Uh, so any any school that you attend, or if your children attend, or if you work for that particular school, uh, you will scratch. You know, our website has an as ability to uh, say scratch out certain schools so that there's not that, you know unconscious bias or totally conscious bias <laughs> yeah big time big time biases there yeah so it's not to mention it's a really bad look for an employee say of the university of florida as a football official to go work a game where it's florida georgia game i mean come on that that, that would be a terrible, terrible. uh and, be so and, awful. and the the public and the media would, would question uh, our integrity there so it's just it's very simple just to scratch it yeah that makes sense okay so do you get your assignments for the whole season now? So we don't. Uh, so typically, in, in most conferences, they'll release about the first four or five weeks of the season uh, around this, you know, we're, we're our, our talk here, we're basically the beginning of August. We normally get those assignments mid-July. Um, so that way we as a crew can start setting up our travel plans. You know, where are we gonna fly in? You know, what time are we all going to get there? Do you and book all your own travel? So What's Sorry, that? do you book all your own travel? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's like a full-time job in and of itself. And it, well, you, 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 yes, uh, it <laughs> takes a bit of time, and you kind of you put together your processes on which work best for you. Uh, I don't know of any officials looking to use travel agents, although I've considered it this year uh, because I know there's been some disruptions with with people with a lot of flights being canceled. And, and that that's a nightmare that keeps football officials up at night. You know, what if my Friday morning flight gets canceled and I don't make it in on time? It's just, that's, that's why we always fly in the day before the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the NFL officials, they have, uh, they, they tell the, the NFL office what's the airport they want to fly out of. And I think they take care of it. Don't quote me on that, but okay. that's some stories I've heard from some, some of my friends that are in the NFL. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have to do our own travel there. Uh, so uh, you were talking about scheduling. So then after week one, so Labor Day weekend is typically the first weekend of the season. Uh, like on Tuesday or Wednesday, after that first game, we'll get week six or week five. Okay. So typically we know uh, only about a month in advance where we're going. And there's a number of reasons why they do that. You know, if there's, it doesn't happen very often, but if a, say a crew were to make a, uh, you know, a, a handle a game, not the way that the conference would want to see it, you know, if there were some 
some obvious mistakes. We are human. We're, we're not perfect. We, we strive and we work really hard for a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mistakes are there and sometimes crews or individuals would need to be, um, you know, suspended for a game or two. It, again, it's, it's doesn't happen very often, but it, it, it does happen every season around the country. Um, so then that way they can kind of adjust the schedule as, as the season moves along. And again, that's up to the coordinator. Um, but yeah, only about a month in advance do we know our games. So you work for the games. You, you personally started in high school world and then transitioned into college world. Talk about that in a second, but you get your schedule, you work for a certain conference, you're an independent contractor making sure I have all the deals. You go to training all summer. How do you stay in tip top shape? You mentioned casually that you take tests and that there's 208 yeah. pages of these 12 rules explained. Yeah. All How right. often do so, you take tests? Who does that part? Okay. So, um, so in, in our conference, um, all of the referees will assign each other, um, the, you know, we'll t- they do, um, uh, they put together quizzes for the spring, and that these quizzes are typically eight questions of um, a play scenario. So for example, um, it's uh, 12 minutes left in the third quarter. Okay. Uh, the offense has the ball, and typically the offense always has the ball. Uh, they snap it from the B 25 yard line, which is you know 25 yards from the end zone. So they're, so they're heading in okay. and uh, the, the running back runs to the right side of the formation and runs for seven yards uh, three yards shy of the li- short of the line to gain. Uh, during the run, uh, the right tackle number 72 uh, grabbed the uh, defensive end by the by the uh, by the pads and pulled him to the side, allowing the running back to gain an extra three yards on the play. So there's your play scenario. Wait, so, this is like uh, flashback to grade school math word problems. Okay, I'm following so far. It's I'm all there. word problems. That's exactly right. So then what we do is, so then we work it through. Okay, that's a, it's, it's obviously, it's a foul for a holding. The holding foul happened in a, uh, beyond the neutral zone. So we're gonna enforce a 10 yard penalty from the spot of the foul. Uh, we're gonna replay the down, whatever down it was, let's just say it was second down. And it's a uh, you know, 10 yard penalty. So it's second down and I don't know, 13 yards to go. Um, and then we're gonna wind the clock on, uh, on the referee's signal. So, that would so make for each football makes so much more sense if I knew that was why all that happened. You got it. Yeah, yeah. So for each of those questions and on, on these quizzes and tests, you need to say who has the ball, and uh, we we use the the letters A and B. A for offense, B for the defense. So if if the defense intercepted the ball and and they're now going to have first down, then we're going to say B's ball first and ten. If you want. So who has the ball? What down is it? And how many yards until they get their first down? Um, we get, uh, so baseball first and 10, at, at what yard line are we snapping it from? So if we're, if we're heading into the end zone, if we're closer to the goal line than the 50, then it's going to be from the B, I don't know, 40 yard line, the B 10 yard line. Okay. If we're on the offensive side of the field, we say like the A 30 yard line or the A two yard line. Makes um, sense. And then, uh, and then we have to say, what is the status of the game clock? Is the game clock going to start on the ready for play signal, which is, you know, the referee winds, winds his arm, winds her arm there to, to start the game clock. And then we also have to say, what is the play clock? Is the play clock going to be a 25 second play clock or is it going to be the 40 second play clock? Most of these quizzes 
Uh, I would say out of eight questions, you know, probably seven of them, it's going to start with a 25 second play clock because most of these questions, there's a foul of some kind for us to, uh, for us to enforce. And uh, anytime there's a, a game stoppage or, or an administrative stop, like for a, a foul and uh, penalty enforcement, it's going to start on the 25 second play clock. This, this is so helpful. Rules, but yeah, so that's Are you kidding? This is awesome. Like. I'm going to be like the world. I mean, normally I love watching college football just because yeah. I love watching college football. I have sure. no idea except ball moves. There are these yard thingies. We want to get past <laughs> the right. first yard thingy. Sometimes there's flags. We're going to talk about those in a second. I didn't yeah. realize that your C did not stand for the main person of all of them. I know. I know. I'm calling it captain for now. White hat man. I'm going to look for the white hat now. White hat. Yeah, the white hat's crew chief. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so helpful. I hope the listeners don't think I'm a, a moron for not knowing all this about football. But no, man, this is great. Okay, yeah. so who has the ball? Number of yards of the first, yard of the stop. Yeah, yeah. Of the where snap, are we snapping the ball the from? Yeah. Status yep. of the game clock and the play clock. When would they get yep. 40 seconds on the play clock? 40 seconds. So if it's a, so same play, you know, we're, we're snapping from the B25 yard line, the running back runs just out of bounds for, say, a, a four yard gain. And, um, uh, he did not reach the line to gain, and there was no fouls in the play. So then we're going to get the ball from the sideline. We're going to bring it into the captain. <laughs> That's bring it into me. I'm going to put the ball on the ground. As the ball is coming in from the sideline, uh, the play clock operator will reset it. That will be a 40 clock. 40 so seconds. that explains like at the end of football games when they keep running out of bounds and the game goes on forever and ever and ever. Well, well, that's 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 different. So at the end of the at the end of the half. So uh, if right before halftime, two minutes before halftime and then two minutes before the end of the game, it, when we're under two minutes, if the runner runs out of bounds, uh, we're going to stop the clock uh, and then the 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 ball will be the, the clock will be started on the snap. It won't be a. a a typical normally we would start the clock on the ready in those situations but at the end of the game it's 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 dead we it starts on the snap it takes so long i mean not that i don't mind i always want the game to keep going because that's when it gets extra exciting that's right a, a lot yep. of the teams in a certain conference that i love to follow happen to be fourth quarter teams there you and go. i yeah. just love watching this is okay i want to talk about what you just said a second ago though your yep. c stands for center i'm reminding myself yep center judge yep you get the ball what is your role on the field with that ball? Yeah, so uh, the center judge um, is responsible for, you know, I'd say about 90, 90 to 95% of the time will uh, will will get the ball from the, they, so it's like, it's like in baseball where, where you have a cutoff man, and, you know, someone from the, you know, in left field throws the ball in, shortstop will take it and then turn around and throw it home real quick. Um, that way the person out in left field doesn't have to throw it all the way to home. Um, we have, so let's say the, uh, the runner runs out of bounds. Okay. So now we need to get the ball from out of bounds back into the field of play. Um, we have an official on the sideline. Typically it's a line judge or a headline judge. They'll have the L or the H over there. They will throw the ball into, um, the, in most cases, the umpire, the umpire is another official that's in the center of the field. He has a U on his shirt. Uh, so they'll throw it into the umpire. The umpire will throw it to me, uh, and then I will put it on on the ground at, at, at the correct spot. So if the runner has gone out of bounds, I'm going to put the ball on the hash mark, which are those. Um, so we have we have you know the yard lines all over the field. Uh, 
you know, splitting the field kind of almost into thirds um, up toward up in the center of the field. That those are called the hash marks. So okay. if I run out of bounds, I'm going to put the ball on the nearest hash mark to that sideline. Okay. So so I'll, I'll put the ball on the ground. Um, if there's a substitution, so if the offense is substituting after that play, so that they run out of bounds and let's say they want to, you know, that running back has had four or five really good plays. We're going to keep him out and we're going to bring in a new running back. The referee will be notified there's a substitution. They'll go into a substitution you know, mechanics. They'll, they'll kind of give this, this cross symbol, in which case I'll hang out there with the, with the snapper. Uh, the, the offensive player that snaps the ball to the quarterback. I'll hang out with that player. I'll typically have my hand on his, on his shoulder or his back, just saying, hey, I'm here. Don't snap the ball yet. You know, that would be bad. I, I would be in the way. We'd have to stop everything. We'd have to reset it. So basically, I, I'm telling this, you know, 6'4", 320-pound dude, uh, please don't snap the ball yet. Hang on, I'm right here. You know, and I'm talking to him, and we're on a, we're on a first-name basis out there. Um, so then once the offense finishes their substitution, the defense on the other side of the ball gets an opportunity to match up that that's why I'm being held there. That way the offense doesn't get, uh, you know, some type of unfair advantage using the substitution process. So the referees watching this whole substitution, okay, here comes the offensive guy. Okay. We're looking. All right. Now let's look to the defensive side. Okay. Here. Okay. They're going to match up. Here comes a new person. He's in place. And then the referee will say, okay, you're clear to go. So then I'll, I'll give our, our snapper here, uh, you know, a pat on the back or the shoulder pad there. And then I, I back the heck out of there and, and get out of there before they snap the ball and I get myself in harm's way. Um, and so then I'll back out and I'll back out typically running backwards, which, you know, is- I just, it, I'm gonna have to go YouTube and watch this happen now that I know you're running backwards. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's not a slow run. I mean, you've got to get out of there. Put your backwards run self out of there before you get smushed. <laughs> you get it. You got it. Because I mean, this, this is a violent game. You know, some folks say this, you know, football is a full contact sport. It's not a full contact sport. It's a violent sport. Yeah. Uh, coaches train their players to run as hard as they can and to be as forceful and violent to try to disrupt plays and to get yardage and, um, and you don't want to be, <laughs> you don't want to be in that in that way. So you so you get out of there, not only to protect yourself and not to uh, affect the play, but also to get to an area to where I can officiate the play. And mm -hmm. you talked a little bit about mechanics and what what officials look for in fouls and whatnot. But that that's essentially the job is the of the center judge. We get the ball in, we put it down, uh, we get out of there. Um, we uh, as a judge, I'm I'm in charge of penalty enforcement as well. That's probably the biggest job that we have. Um, I'm the one that's holding the ball as we enforce the penalties. Oh. I have to know, uh, is it a five-yard penalty? Is it a 15-yard penalty? Is it a 10-yard penalty? Is, it, is, is this penalty enforced from the spot of the foul? Is it enforced from the previous spot? Is it enforced from the succeeding spot, which, you know, is it enforced where B gets the ball? Uh, if this is, say, it's a personal foul, on a play that ends in a touchdown, I have to know we can either uh, enforce the penalty on the try, we can enforce the penalty on the kickoff, on the next kickoff, or we can enforce the penalty uh, from the succeeding spot in extra periods if that if you know if, if that foul happened on a touchdown that was also at the end of the game. Uh, the center judge in whatever conference you're working in, you have to know what penalty. We're the captain of penalty enforcement. Okay. 
but I don't do it all by myself. That's what I was about to say. Who's there helping you make that decision? So uh, if there's a penalty that needs to be enforced, there are eight officials on the field and two up in replay. Everybody should be thinking about what's the penalty enforcement and what are we doing? So mechanically, and uh, and if you're unfamiliar, so me mechanics is 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 where where do we go and where do we look, essentially, uh, as, as football officials. Mechanics tells us where we should be standing, where we should be looking, and, and how do we move in, in various situations. So if there is a holding foul and we're going to enforce 10 yards from the previous spot, um, the let, let's say let's say it was my it was my flag and you know I threw the flag for holding, which is a very common foul for um, uh, center judges and referees and umpires to call. I'll come in, I'll report the foul to the referee. I'll say I have holding on the offense number 79. Uh, we're going to go from the previous spot. The referee will nod his head. He'll most of the time he'll repeat exactly what I just said, just so I hear that he's got the right number because we don't. We don't want to say the wrong number on the announcement. It's on ESPN. It's on CBS. Uh, and then the announcers go, oh, there wasn't a number 79 on that play. Maybe it was number seven. It just it, it, it doesn't doesn't do good. It's not a good look uh, for us that way. So we, we have to be right there. Um, so then I, I tell it to the referee. The referee repeats it back to me. I make sure that he's got all the information that we need, in which case, um, you know, oh, I, I should say we're, we're all wearing these radios on our ears. Have you seen these like mm -hmm microphones on our faces they're encrypted radios they're extremely expensive uh they're not a radio that you know somebody in the stadium can like scan through um various frequencies yeah they're encrypted you're, you're you're not gonna find them um you know they're and i i don't they they told me once how much they were and i was just land blasted they're, they're very expensive there's a lot of technology built into them um you know some of the some of the microphones are um are open all the time so as soon as you start speaking the whole crew including the guys up in replay can hear you uh and others we have like for me because i handle the ball so much i i have a, a button that i press that's on my waist belt we, we have like these batman utility belts uh on the field that all are kind of so we so we have radios and we have pagers and we have our flag and everything on our belt so i i have to push a button uh for the crew to hear me so as I'm reporting my holding foul to the referee, I'm normally going to grab my button. So that way the whole crew plus replay can hear what I'm reporting to the referee. Once I've given my side, I'll let go of the button. That way everybody's cued in. Okay, Greg's got holding. It, uh, we're going to force it from the previous spot. So now they're thinking, all right, we're, we're at the, we're at the, the A 10 yard line. We're going to go to the 20. So then um, the umpire, we, we kind of, we might have a, Hey, we're going 10, right? Yeah, we're going 10 from here. Yep, we're going 10 from here. So then I've got the ball. Um, I uh, normally, uh, my the umpire and my crew will normally just kind of run out there first. As I'm reporting the foul, he'll normally try and guess exactly where that ball is next going to be snapped. I'll go to the yard line, in this case, the previous spot from where we're supposed to enforce the penalty, and I will look at our two wing officials on either side. So we've got a line judge on one side. And we've got a headline judge on the other side. Uh, they've, of course, they've got their, their earpiece in. They've got their radios. They know they're about to enforce a penalty. Um, so then I'll look at both wing officials, and I'll give them a one, a two, or a three. At this, case, in the, at this point in the penalty enforcement, we don't use our radios because the referee 
will be plugged up to the stadium speakers giving as an as announcement while at the same time also still wearing the the radio so it, it would I, we don't want our referee to look bad because it looks makes us all look bad. I don't want to be talking in his ear, talking with these guys. Hey, we're going 10. No, no, no. 10 yards from the, we don't want him listening to all that as he's trying to make an announcement. So we'll, we'll you all use the signal one, two, or three, one, meaning it's a five yard penalty. And we're going to go five yards Two, 10 yard penalty, which in this case we would do, or three for 15. Okay. And sometimes I'll, I'll point to the ground, which will mean we're going from right here. Uh, or sometimes if we're, say, we're at the, I don't know, the, the B12 yard line and we have a holding on the offense, I'll, you know, I'll show an arm and I'll hold like a, the ball, but I'll give like a, a, like a cut my arm signal, which means we're going to go half the distance to the goal line. Oh, half. I got it. Half I'm going to be watching the refs like crazy this Oh, yeah. Season. Oh, for sure. So oftentimes that won't be seen, you know, these signals won't be seen on, on television because, you know, the, the cameras will be on the referee mm -hmm. always during the penalty enforcement. So, so we'll go one, two or three, five, 10 or 15 yards from here. Uh, Cause I'll be standing at the spot from where we enforce the penalty, or we're going to go half the distance. So if we're at the 12 yard line, we'll go to the six, six yard line. Look at me doing math. Yeah, exactly. It gets difficult though. If we're say if we're at like the 15 yard line, Oh. Distance isn't going to be yeah, exactly. So now you got to be doing math with all this noise anyway. So yeah, all that stuff you just said, by the way, happens in like a blink of an eye. Yeah, seconds. Yeah, it all has to happen in seconds because if the penalty enforcement's too slow, the players get frustrated, the coaches get frustrated, the, the fans get frustrated. Have to kind of vamp over that. Uh, so again, that's why, that's why we all do. That's why we do all these quizzes and tests. That way we're we're Fast. we're ready rules so i give them one two three i you know we're gonna go from here so then i start my i, I start my trot you know we uh, officials try not to walk very often yeah on field so i so i just do just a uh i there's a good football official of mine he calls it what he calls it a southern saunder so it's 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 just a little just a little jog <laughs> uh, it's not a run we don't want to go too fast to where we we miss a yard line or we lose count it's not, we're not marching off yardage one step per yard. You know, if, if I see that, uh, if I'm at the 20 yard line, I know I've got to go to the 30 and every 10 yards on the football field is a big line. Mm -hmm. So I've got to go to a big line or say if I'm at the 21 yard line and I'm enforcing it to the 31 yard line, I know that I'm one tick because there's the little yard line. Mm -hmm. So I'm one tick off the big line. So now I know I'm going to go one tick past 10 yards. So it, so you, there are visual markers to kind of help you with that. But there's also billions of people watching and in the state stadium and it's loud. Oh, yeah. oh Emmy, it, it isn't, again, I, I talk about, it's not a good look. It is not a good look for officials to look lost on the field. Like, wait a minute, are we to, or to put the ball in the field and then have to wait a minute. That's the wrong spot. Let's put it back over here. I missed it. By oh, so we, we, yeah, we have to get it right on the first try. So, I, I tell the officials on the sideline, line judge, headline judge, one, two, or three from here. Okay, so we're going, we're going in this case two for holding foul. So then uh, I, I give him two, he nods. I give him two, he nods. So then I go. As I'm going, I'm looking ahead. Nine times out of ten, my umpire's already waiting at the spot for me. Sometimes he's dealing with uh, you know other players on the field or some other issue, but most of the time he's right there. I go. By the time I get there, I'll look at my headline judge. And that headline judge, 
the one with the H, is already there. He's marked off the penalty with me. Meanwhile, the wing official on the other side of the field will have stayed at the previous spot. Mm. He will be the very last check. So the umpire normally just guesses and goes for 10 yards. I give a one, two, or three to my wing officials. The H and I will go together, and then the line judge will come up last. Like, he'll stay at the previous spot just in case, like, if something happens, we get, maybe we get lost or we forget it was the previous spot, we, or we, you know, you know, players get in the way. There's always the official over here that we can say, oh, wait, where were we? Okay, from the 20. Okay, so we do need to be at the 30. So then he's watching us to make sure that we stop at the right spot. Once we get there, then he'll come up and everybody's everybody's ready to go. So there's multiple checks. Lots uh, of checks and balances. Well, speaking of yeah. checks, what happens when there's a, a review of play? Replay. Okay. Yeah. So re so I don't I don't have uh, a pager with me here. So one of the I, I mentioned my our Batman utility belts. I, I've got some props here. So we've got first of all, we've got bean bags. Here's a bean bag with C for center judge. So if you, our, my referee a couple of years ago had this, uh, uh, in what's well, not engraved. What's it called when you, when in, you get embroidered, embroidered. Thank you. He had it embroidered for the whole crew. Everybody had like the letter B for back judge and R whatever. So we have uh, bean bags for spots of fumbles. We've of course got these yellow things that everybody's familiar oh, yes. with. You may not know that there's a, it, the, it's black on the ball because we, we, we tuck the flags underneath our belt in, into our, into our pants. So that way we don't we don't see the yellow flag as we're running around. So the black blends in with our. Oh. We've also got uh, we've got the battery pack for our radios. Okay. And, and and then we've got our our switches for the radios. And you know in the in my case it's a button that I have to press uh, so everyone can hear us. Um, and then on the radio itself, I'm sorry for those of you that are just listening, but we also have these molded earpieces i don't know that you could see oh, that fancy and you plug that you know that way it fits in there and it's individual to everybody's ear but so replay the the last thing that's on our belt is a um is a pager circa 1995 like old style <laughs> pager. a little bit smaller than than the mid 90s ones um but the there is a a red button up in the replay booth, I don't know if it's red, actually. I, I just kind of envisioned, I've never never been in the replay booth during a game, but there's a there's a button that the replay official will hit if there's a play that needs to be reviewed. Uh, you know, what? maybe we called it, you know, a touchdown, and but the mm -hmm. run down of the field play. Runner, yeah, in the, in the field of play, exactly. Mm -hmm. So if it needs to be replayed, they'll hit the button, and that button is then broadcast to all the pagers on the crew. It starts It starts buzzing. Um, and the reason why they have that is, you know, obviously a beeping button we would never hear with the bands and, and the thousands of people in the crowd. And as soon as we feel that, we're instructed. We 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 hit the whistles. We start killing killing the clock. We stop the play uh, if it had already started. It doesn't happen very often like that. But uh, and then and then we root. So and then we we start the replay. At which case, um, in our conference, um, typically it's the back judge. Sometimes it's the center judge, but. Uh, it's kind of up to the crew, but most of the time it's the back judge and the referee will go together to the um, the replay station, if we can call it that, um, on the field. In our conference, it's normally around the 20-yard line. Okay. There's uh, on either side of the field. That way, you know, 
we have to protect our referees. We don't want them running 80 yards if they don't really need to. So just although run. you are in shape and you have endurance and you know the oh, rules and you can run backwards. <laughs> Very that, oh, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So the, our referees will run. Sorry, a dig to our to our referees out there. Um, so we we go to the nearest 20 yard line and the referee will put on the headset with a with a microphone. Uh, and in the headset, he can talk to the 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 replay official that's up in the booth who's looking at um, at the replay. Uh, so on the screen for the replay, uh, it's what we call the quad. It's basically a large computer screen with four uh, with four screens on it. Uh, we obviously have many more cameras on the field, multiple handheld cameras. We've got the the you know the the truck, the CBS, ESPN, Fox cameras that are all around. We've got the you know we've got the flyover camera, mm -hmm. all of these cameras available to us. But on the screen for the replay, he can see four shots at once, and he can select what camera views that are available for the replay official to go onto the screen. And then he's got a really fancy dial to where he can go. Uh, uh, what is it? Not uh, reels. Uh, just one film shot. Oh, out yeah. Like he can go um, frame by frame. Frame. Th thank you. Yeah. He can go frame by frame and and kind of go backwards and forwards. Was he inbounds? Was he out of bounds? Was it a catch? Was it not a catch? And and the the cool thing about the quad is that he can sync all four shots together so that if on uh, on the sideline view, we've got a really good look at it early in the play, but then on the flyover view, we've got a much better uh, film angle later in the play. So then he can he can use that dial and all of the camera and the, and the film footage moves forward and backwards frame by frame together. It's, it's really, really cool technology. Um, on the sidelines right there at the 20 yard line. Because I know while you guys are yeah. doing that, the people on the TV are usually yeah. doing something similar and telling us what we're yeah. supposed to be seeing. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. With like extra lines and arrows and circles usually That's involved. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you've got the replay officials They're they're up in the, in, up in the stadium, like up, up in the fancy booth areas. Mm -hmm. The referee has a, has a very small screen. It's like a small, like, like iPad mini size. Mm -hmm. He can see exactly what the, what the replay official is seeing but he doesn't he doesn't have any way to manipulate it he's just looking at it in in tandem with like the, the check and balance part check and balance exactly and he can he can talk uh through his through his bigger headsets as well in addition to the uh replay official up in the booth and the referee down on the 20 yard line we also have in larger conferences big 10 pac 12 the sec some of these bigger conferences they have what we call collaborative replay as well uh, which is in a, a very fancy high-tech video center, uh, typically in the hometown where the conference offices are held. For example, the SEC is in, is in uh, Birmingham. The American conference is in, I think it's in Charlotte. And so all of these um, conferences have a conference office. They have a, a, a special uh, film room. It's, it's like a conference room with 100 screens. They can see all of their games all at once. So then they can have some replay officials in the conference office that are also looking at it as well. So th there's a collaboration between the conference office, uh, the replay official in the booth and the referee uh, down in the field. Um, so, I mean, there's, if we're going to, if we're going to replay something, if we're going to review it, we need to make sure that it's, it's right. 
Um, our, our replay officials do just an outstanding job throughout the throughout the country, and, and they work really, really hard um, to, to make sure those, those calls are right, and, and they, they do an excellent job. So then uh, all of that replay and all of that video manipulation, we try to have done within a minute and a half. Jeez Louise, that seems so fast. It, 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 is, it is really fast, but as you're watching a game- That's your- a long time. It, it seems like it's taking forever. And, and if you have a bunch of those replays throughout the game, it can really extend uh, the right. game. And, and, you know, the networks, ESPN and everybody, they, they really try, they, they have a schedule. They've got mm-hmm. the game, they've got the four o'clock game. So we need to try to finish these games in around three hours. So, and if these replays take too long or if the penalty enforcement takes too long, it makes the game longer. Okay, so along those same lines though, you yep. are not watching this on TV. You are right there with the ball, backing your tush out backwards to not get trampled by the 300 and something pound 6'4 dude that's running into the other one that might be 6'5. How does this work for y'all? What part of, what goes into the training so you know what you're looking at so quickly? Yeah, it's it's excellent, excellent points there. You know, the human eye, I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor. Yeah. I think the human eye I read somewhere only sees like 20 frames per second. Uh, the human eye, and, and we, we see well, and we see quickly. These HD cameras that everyone's watching are, you know, like those 4K, like the NFL games, those cameras are, are, are recording at like 120 frames per second. I could be wrong, but they're, they're recording with greater detail uh, than the human eye could ever, could ever see. So how do we prepare? Well, I was actually talking to an official about this yesterday. Um, we start our preparation for the season. So the season starts in Labor Day weekend. We start our honest-to-goodness preparation in February. And what do we do? We look at film. Uh, we look at a lot of film, hours and hours and hours of film. Every game uh, that is played in our conference, uh, we get like we get at least four different camera angles for us to study those. We have the, we have the TV, like what's, what's published that everybody sees at home. We, sit, we have that cut. We have a, um, a high 50 which is a camera that's at the very top of the stadium that isn't normally on television. These others are not on television. So we have the high 50 that sees basically all 22 players at the same time, basically the 50 yard line. Sometimes we get a, a, you know, one at the 30 and another one at the 30. Uh, And then we also get a, uh, an end zone view as well for each of the plays. So we've got the TV cut. We've got the, the high sideline up on the 50 yard line. And then we've got the high end zone and the end zone is normally uh, right, it's it, sometimes it's the same camera that they use for television, but it's essentially right behind the goalposts. Mm-hmm. We're looking through the goalposts at the field. Um, some stadiums will have one at, um, on either end zone, so that as we're selecting our plays, we can we can look at the play from the offense's point of view, or we can look at the play from the defense's point of view. And what we do is we get to review these games. Uh, we can either a you know review the game as though we were we were officiating it, or we have the ability to sort for various things. We can sort for fouls. Uh, we can we can sort um, uh, for for really anything. From we want to just just look at kickoff plays, or we just want to look at plays that involve a fumble, or we just want to look at plays that involve a touchdown. And we can kind of sort these plays similar to an Excel spreadsheet. Oh. So in February, you know, we start our we start our preparation. Uh, one thing that I like to do is um, our, we have uh, position specialists. Uh, so we have 
uh, a general, a very veteran official who has been a center judge and referee, and and he is in charge of you know putting together you know training plays throughout the week that he sees in our games that are specific to the center judge position, and he'll put together like seven or eight plays each week. Well, the football season is fourteen weeks long, so I have fourteen. Uh, basically, if you can make it think like a Spotify playlist. <laughs> That's not Spotify. Spotify playlist. Yeah, no, I like that better. Yeah. Instead of a Spotify playlist, Spotify, Spotify yeah. playlist. Spotify playlist. So we've got this, uh, we've got a playlist of, of various plays that we can look at. And so then I'm looking at this particular holding foul or roughing the passer or illegal block below the waist. And I'll sit here on my computer with the software that they give us. And I can look at it frame by frame or replay it in full speed over and do it like 15 times in a row to where I can see that moment where he grabs a jersey and the defender's shoulder dips. Or in that moment when the, as the quarterback is throwing the ball, the defender's coming up and that his helmet is hitting right here at the bottom of the, mm. of the, of the chin, which is a, it's a targeting foul and, and also roughing the passer. So I, you know, I just, I hit it over and over and over and over again. And I'll do that probably, I'll try, I try to do two and a half to three hours a week, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 like minutes. practicing. It, it's exactly what it is. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, you know, consistent, productive repetition over time is how we're going to build yes, those. Thanks, Bob Duke. <laughs> there you go. That's right. And awesome. uh, so, uh, so you just hit it over and over and over again. And uh, again, I have the ability to play it in slow motion, but if you can, if you can watch it in full speed, that's going to help your eyes recognize that look and to anticipate movements so that's, that's one thing that we do. And that really starts for me in February. Uh, and that will run all the way through the season. I'll try to keep up with two to three hours of video uh, film analysis of various fouls and mechanics all the way through football season, through bowl season. January, I'll normally kind of take that off to kind of let things kind of refresh. And then February, I pick it, it again. up. Wow. Another thing we do to kind of help us uh, uh, visualize and see the things is we work a lot of practices and scrimmages for these teams, you know, these big, you know, division one football teams, division two, even they'll, they'll practice. Um, if it is a football program with a budget, uh, in one of the, say, you know, a larger school, maybe university of Texas or, uh, USC, or, uh, I don't know, university of Missouri or university of Florida, you know, the, these big schools. I'm not weighing in. Cause I'll give away where my heart lies. I shall not okay, say uh, any school names. <laughs> all right. Very good. Um, so uh, if they've got a budget, often, oftentimes these schools will pay for college officials, officials to come in and work the practices and work oh, the scrimmage. Because you're independent contractors. You can do that. We, oh, absolutely. And uh, they tend to like to bring in the officials that will work their games for a few different reasons. One, they, they really want us, the officials, in their practices and in their scrimmages to really nitpick them. Uh, mm-hmm. us. And it depends on the school. Sometimes they want us throwing fouls. Sometimes they just want us talking to the coaches or talking to the players, um, but they they really they use us to help them be better. That way, throughout their season, they have fewer penalties enforced against them. You know, if they have, you know, I'll just throw out a number. Let's just say 300 yards of offense during the game, but they also had 100 yards of penalties enforced against them. Mm-hmm. That's potentially another score that they could have. So it, it behooves these schools to bring in officials during their practices and during their scrimmages to really get in there nitpick you work the play like we're going to see it in the game so that they can you know practice how they're going to play um so we we as officials we get those opportunities not only to help them and to be a service for them 
but also it's practice for us as well to get those repetitions. Um, you know, these, these big division one schools, when they practice, they don't just get out there and throw the ball and run. It is very, very scripted. Like we'll get there, you know, an, an hour or so before the practice, we'll have a meeting with some of the coaching staff or some of their football operations folks, and they'll give us a piece of paper that says this practice is going to last, I don't know, three hours and 15 minutes. And then in those three hours and 15 minutes, there are going to be 18 periods of practice. And they can say in period one, it's going to be five minutes and 15 seconds long. And these are the types of plays we're going to do. And then period two, we're going to do this. Period three, we're going to do this. Period four is going to be a three minute and 20 second break. So get some water, get some Powerade, get some Gatorade. Uh, and then, and then period five. And so they're, they're very scripted. They know exactly what yard line they want to start at. They want to know what, what are the periods that the two teams are going to kind of compete against one another? What are the teams where they're going to have some individual practice? So just the linebackers go over here or just the running backs. What is so in, in those types of practices, they're very scripted, but they give, I can watch what the, so as a center judge, I look at the offensive line and the defensive line a lot. So I can go over with the defensive line coach and kind of listen to how the players are coached, you know, what, what, you know, what blocking, you know, how are they going to shed those offensive linemen so that it helps me as an official so that I, I can anticipate their movement. So not only do we have film that we can look at on our computers from the entire season, every game, every foul that's thrown, we've got the training videos from our position specialist. We've got training videos from our coordinator that are put out every week during the season and all of these practices and the practices and scrimmages, they happen uh, March and April. Uh, and then they also happen in August. Okay. Uh, so now we're in August, you know, I, I don't know, in, at least in my screen, I look tanner than I normally do. Uh, so like, for, for example, yesterday, I was with two division one, two separate division one football practices. Um, you know, I was at one from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning till about noon. And then I jumped in my truck and I drove two hours up the road and I was at another school from, from basically four o'clock to seven o'clock. So I got a lot of work yesterday, a lot of snaps and, um, and it, it helps me, helps me get into, into shape as well. So those are the things we do to help get our eyes ready. So when you're actually on the field, you and I have kind of talked about this before offline in an yeah. episode we did about music, which is still yeah. really cool. Cause y'all that's his day job. What? How are you judged? How are you, how, how do you move up? How are they grading you in your ability and your skills each game? Cool. Yeah. So that's a big question as well. We'll start with um, evaluation. Every, um, every division one football official is graded on every game. Uh, how the officials are graded is up to the conference officials coordinator. It's the boss. So he gets to design, uh, you know, how are these officials going to be graded in our conference? Um, four years ago, we were graded on a, like a 100 point scale. So for, you know, teachers that are maybe listening, uh, you know, it's very similar to, so the official takes the field for the opening kickoff. All the officials start with a hundred. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Awesome. From there, again, this was four years ago. If we, if there was a play where we, there was a foul, say it's a holding foul and I missed it minus four points. And again, so, and then all of these games are graded with all of these multiple high definition cameras, slow motion cameras as well. Um, and then we're graded on every play. We're graded on, uh, did we miss a foul? Uh, and, or did we throw a flag 
and it was incorrect. We should not have thrown it. Like I threw a holding foul, but it wasn't holding. The defender actually tripped and fell and it just looked like holding. Oh, it's going to make me feel so bad when there's like flag has been called back on the play. I'm going to know that poor official is losing points. Yep. So if it's a missed call, like often it it happens. It happens in every game. We're human. Uh, If it's a missed call, minus four points. If we throw the flag and it's incorrect, six points. If um, if we use an incorrect judgment, so let's say uh, there was a holding on the foul uh, on the play. I threw the flag, but uh, the holding foul was kind of on this side of the field. It had really no impact on the play. It didn't put either player in any type of physical harm. And by the way, the ball was way over there on the other side of the on the field. That's what we would call an incorrect judgment. Two points. Ooh. Uh, and then there's, you know, incorrect mechanic, uh, at least in our conference. So if, if uh, let's say there was a, um, this would be, a, uh, anyway, so let's say it's a run play to my side of the field. I'm, as a center judge, I'm in the offensive backfield, back kind of by the quarterback. So the run come, kind of comes my way and we're going out this way. Uh, I have, all officials have keys that we're supposed to watch or areas of focus. And these keys are determined uh, before the snap or at the snap. In my case, as a center judge, I look, my initial key is the left tackle. So we have the, the center who snaps mm-hmm. or that snaps the ball to the snapper's left is the guard, the left guard. And then to the guard's left is the left tackle. My initial key is the left tackle so that when the ball is snapped, I need to see what happens between him and that typically it's the defensive end or defensive tackle that are head up on it to see if there are any fouls. Once the play begins, I need to have the ability to read and react to what's happening. Is it a run play? Is it a pass play? Uh, did the quarterback fumble the ball? Did the quarter is anyway? So I need to be able to read it, and based upon how the play starts to um, develop, my eyes and my movement need to need to match that. So it's a run my way. I'm going to first key off of that left tackle. I'm going to watch that block as the running back crosses in front of me my eyes need to then start moving forward. And so my area of responsibility on that run play to the left is I'm going to start inside, watch the blocks on the inside, kind of run the left guard, left tackle, move out to the left, um, the left tackle, and then maybe the, the tight end that's over here. And then I'm just going to start moving one block out as the running back crosses in front of me so that I'm looking for holding fouls. I'm looking for blocks in the back. I'm looking for illegal blocks below the waist, you know, illegal hands to the face, you know, is the, does the running, you know, I will, I will look for all, all of these types of things. So if, if I were to, I don't know, stay inside looking at these blocks too far and the running back had already run outside and I miss a block over here. Well, I I may get a missed call, but I might, I, I could even get an incorrect mechanic because you weren't doing the right inside, thing at the wrong place which is which is another where. exactly which is another minus two i will say that in division one football with all of the camera angles and all of these officials that are being evaluated on every play all eight officials on the field the average score for football officials is like a 97 wow. we, we do really really well to get at that level of course you're, you're moving up and you're getting trained and you're getting evaluated all along um, at the end of the season, we have bowl games and we have championships um, to, to be eligible, well, not to be eligible, but to be selected for those very highly sought after games. 
officials really need to be averaging in the high 90s. Uh, you know, I, I'll just venture to say, you know, I'll just throw out a number. Most of the time, you know, players or officials that work like the ACC championship game or the SEC championship game or like a national championship, they're probably grading out somewhere in like 98, 99 average for every the year. Game. They're that good. Wow. They're, they're that good. And again, so every conference is different. As I mentioned, that, that's how we were evaluated four years ago. We're evaluated now slightly different. We're evaluated on, on, a, on a ratio of correct calls versus incorrect calls. So if, uh, so if we threw, I don't know, 10 fouls during the season and half of them were either missed calls or incorrect, well, that's, that's not a very good ratio. No. You want a very high ratio of correct calls and a very, very small number of incorrect or missed calls. So that's how we're, we're currently um, uh, evaluated. You also mentioned moving up. Yes. How did you get from high school yeah. football so, official to bull? Yeah, it's it's a process, and you've got to have you've got to have discipline. You've got to have patience. Um, college officials always start out in high school. So for those of you out there that are thinking, gosh, you know, college football officials, you know, I really want to be wearing the stripes on ESPN on Saturday afternoon. Start in high school. Uh, if if you're young in your 20s, 30s, maybe even your 40s, you're, you're you're still within kind of the window as far as age where you can get into this. Um, most football officials will start working like those freshman JV games, and they'll do that for a year or two, depending on the high school association. You'll work high school ball. Uh, I would say you've got to work high school ball for a minimum of like four to six years. I mean, that's at the fastest. Um, and then if you're, and then at that time, then start looking into camps. Division two football conferences will oftentimes have like, they'll call them recruiting camps or training camps. Uh, and these are uh, like two or three day events where officials, you pay a fee. They're not cheap. You know, when I was coming up through it, this was back in the early 2000, like 2008, 2009, those camps were like $350. They're probably more now. I haven't, you know, I haven't tried to go to a division two camp in a long time. Um, so you pay, you travel, you get your own hotel, you pay for your own meals and you pay the, you know, however, whatever fee to get the training. Um, but not only are you getting training in, you know, NCAA rules in eight man or seven man mechanics, they're also, it's also a tryout. I mean, let, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Vision two, uh, they, they have officials that they need to put on the field and they want to put the best ones there. So if, if you wanted to get into college, start going to those camps. Um, some States like Mississippi, Alabama, they had even division three football. So, which, which is even, even smaller schools and they need officials as well. So that's a great way to start. So get in, work division two, division three football for another four or five, six years maybe. And then uh, start attending some scrimmages and other camps for FCS uh, conferences. So FCS football championship series. Uh, these are conferences like the uh, Southern Conference, the SOCON or the MEAC or the Big South or the Big Sky. These are conferences where instead of bowl games at the end of the season, they actually have a playoff similar to uh, March Madness in mm -hmm. basketball. Um, so those conferences, they're division one, uh, but they're just that they're the championship series. Once you once you get into uh, FCS, you could be there two, maybe three years, uh, some officials longer. Um, once you're at that level, though, to move up to the next level, to get to FBS, uh, football uh, football bowl series uh, conferences, 
there's not, you know, the SEC, the, the Big 12, they don't really have camps to recruit. At that point, you need to be a known person. Mm. Move from the championship series, FCS to FBS. You need to, people need to know who you are. You need to have your reputation. Uh, you can get the reputation by working a playoff game for FCS. Um, you, you're, you're going to sign up and try to work practices and scrimmages like I was mentioning earlier. So if you're wanting to move in to, say, for example, the ACC, uh, you, would, you would find an ACC school in your area, um, find out through your local officials, you know, networking, who is the person that uh, schedules all of those practices and gets officials to come there try to get on their email list. Uh, you're probably not going to be very well known at the beginning, but you work your way in, you demonstrate that you're someone who's going to show up on time, you look good in your uniform, you look athletic, you move athletically, uh, you, you've got a good handle on your mechanics at that point and your rules, you work some scrimmages, and then and then your name kind of gets passed along and say, hey, you know, that, that official over there, you know, from, you know, I don't know, whatever town, Athens, Georgia, you know, he's, he's really good, you know, at, you know, John McDade, you know, whoever, you, you really need to take a look at this person. And then uh, uh, that official will sometimes get an invitation to, uh, you know, an ACC scrimmage or an SEC scrimmage, Big 12. And at that scrimmage, the conference coordinator will be there and then evaluate you and say, wow, you know, that, that person, they're ready now. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer them a contract, or I'm gonna keep them on my radar. Maybe they're a little young. Maybe they need to lose some weight. Maybe they need to just develop some more, and then we'll we'll kind of keep them we'll keep them in mind, and we'll look at them again in another year or two. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned weight, and I mentioned athletic. You know, we have these HD cameras on us all the time. We're wearing vertical stripes. My wife tells me that, you know, you don't typically want to wear vertical stripes. So you, you, you've got to look good uh, on the field. And, you know, and I, I've told this to others, folks, as far as our look, we have when we're on the field, we have to have uh, this perception of competence and confidence. Um, because when we're on the field, we're, we're kind of almost like a necessary evil in some folks eyes on in the field. And every time we throw the flag, Half the stadium's gonna love it. Half the stadium's gonna hate it. I so apologize it, that I have booed for you before in a very large football stadium. Yeah, right. That that's fine. But you know, it happens. So if 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 we're already going to be you know the 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 mean guys out there, you know, enforcing all these penalties against people's favorite teams, we need to we need to look athletic. We need to be able to move well. Uh, we need our our uniforms need to fit. You know, me personally, I get my uniform tailored every year. Amy, I don't tailor any of my other clothes. You get your uniform tailored. Uniform. Yeah, I, I tailor it so so that it it looks right on my arms and that it fits around my my chest and and, and my my midsection that it looks well. You know, I get my pants tapered and I got to get them. You know, I I go through all of these efforts. I'll spend some money and get my uniform tapered, but because how you look in the officiating world matters, and it, and it's how you, perhaps even you separate yourself. From one, so if if you're at a scrimmage and and they're looking to hire one person, it's down between you and another person, and you're both equally good in mechanics and rules, but if if your shoes are shined, and if your uniform is fitting properly, and the other official doesn't, that's the reason why you get in to the Pac-12 and the other guy doesn't. So and that's that's and in a nutshell, that's that's how you move up. 
But what a life lesson there. I mean, Greg, this has been great. I, I am going to listen to this episode again right after I watch my first football game on the first weekend of September. Sure, because yeah. I think this is going to change. I don't know if you're listening. I'm obviously a huge fan of the sport, but I don't know. I'm not a student of the sport. I couldn't tell you, except there's the guy yeah. who snaps the ball and the guy who throws the ball. And sometimes people run. And I like it right, better right. when they throw the and ball. score a touchdown. Yes, go. And you can get yeah. two points sometimes after the touchdown. Right. That's pretty, yep. pretty proud of yep, myself I'm for knowing right. those things. Look at that. Yeah, well but that's about it. I know how to watch it and enjoy watching it. But to yep. hear all these really cool things that you're doing, I'm going to need to go to a game just so I can watch the officials do their thing. Because you've yeah. told us it's about reputation, discipline, and hard work. They're not just, yeah. you don't go to school for that. That's a question. Yeah. Do officials all have full-time gigs like you do and then do this on yeah. the side? Really, yeah. The, the life of an official, we're all full, we all have full-time jobs. I'm a college professor. Uh, my referee for the past five years is a pediatric cardiologist. Uh, we've had, I've, I've worked on crews with FBI agents, bankers. Uh, I've worked on crews with teachers. Uh, there's a guy on my crew this year. He's a PE teacher, lawyers. Um, there's a good friend of mine uh, who is a football official, division one. He's a judge. And it's really all walks of life. So if those folks out there are thinking, you know, oh, I don't really have the career. I mean, you do need to have a job that allows you some flexibility to where you can take some time off. Uh, you know, for the folks that work kind of that nine to five business job, a lot of those officials will, um, you know, they just, they'll, they'll work, you know, maybe six days a week in the spring so that they can take more time off in the fall. But, you know, it, we're, we're full-time employees. We have lives, we have families, um, the, the week, uh, of an official, it's not just Saturday. We don't just fly in on Friday and work a game. You know, Mondays we're reviewing the previous game. You know, uh, we're looking play by play and we're making notes about our performance and our, about, about our crew and how to make our crew better. Tuesdays we're normally scouting the next week's game. You know, what are the two teams coming in? We'll spend probably another hour or two that day looking at those plays. Wednesday, the next rules quiz comes out that will work. Um, also on Wednesday, we'll get uh, typically a game report. We'll get our grade from the previous week that we'll review. Thursday, personally, I, I try to make that no football, and that's just me and fam and family. Quality time, good, good boundaries. <laughs> yeah, uh, Friday morning, I, I'm traveling out. Normally, I try to catch the first flight in the morning that because flights get canceled. We get in, you know, Friday afternoon. Uh, have lunch. Uh, we'll have some production meetings. We'll do a, you know some film review as a crew. We'll go out to a big fancy dinner as a crew. We normally eat very well. You know, steak restaurant. We, we normally well, you need to. You're about to run backwards. For oh, how many God. miles do you run backwards? Six to eight. Well, not backwards. I, I, how many miles backwards? I don't know. But my my smartwatch on the game says that I, I run anywhere from six to eight miles, depending on what type of offense we have and how the game is going. Wow. Saturday, you know, we're we're at the stadium. You know, an hour and a half to two hours before the game, um, we have meetings with the production staff and the and the and the network, and then we work the game, we're exhausted. We have a post-game meeting where we have to compile all of our fouls. We put together our report for the conference Do office. Do they feed you then? Like, I'm concerned about the fuel here. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> we, I'm a center judge. I run more than anybody on the crew. Um, I eat a big lunch typically uh, with a lot of carbs. And so if it's a six o'clock kickoff, I'm not gonna get another meal until 10 o'clock at night. Oh my so I normally try to eat a, a pretty good side like Chipotle or Subway or Jimmy John, something with a lot of carbs and calories. And then I'll go work the game. I'll take cliff bars or goose or 
you know, the little uh, gummy energy chews uh, for the game. I try not to eat a lot during the game. And then after the game, we'll have our meeting. At that point, Emmy, I know it's bad, but I'm just craving a greasy hamburger, a cheeseburger. Sometime. I was going to say, that's when you eat French fries. I eat the best French fries after every marathon. Like French fries. Gnarly French yep. fries. And, and, you know, I've used enough calories, that, you know, but I try not to go too greasy because, you know, it just doesn't sit well. And, and, and you know, we have to get up at four o'clock on Sunday morning to catch the, you know, get to the airport. Yeah. It's an hour drive to get to the airport and then fly home, spend Sunday afternoon with your family. And then Monday, go back to your job. your job. Wow. It's a seven day week. Seven That's day- huge. You know, I love that we're, we're humanizing the refs. I think so often yeah. fans can get, they can forget that y'all are humans. And what you've shown us in this is not just lots of tips for watching football with more skills, but also you've humanized the awesome work and the skill that it takes to become and the time commitment, the fact that you started in officiating in at age 18 and how much time and effort you put in daily. I mean, jeans, you only take the month of January off. Right. (laughs) Crazy. Well, if you want to be at that level, there are, I mean, there are 300 people in line waiting to take my job. Wow. And And if I don't perform well consistently throughout the season, season after season, uh, I'll find myself without a contract and the next person in line gets it. So there's that extrinsic motive because for all of you watching the games and all the fans in the stadium, you want the officials to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We strive and, you know, I, I joke sometimes with, you know, but not, but kind of seriously, you know, I'll go up to them and I'll kind of give them an elbow and say that today could be the day. Today could be the day we have an absolutely perfect game. Wow. And that's, that's what we're striving for. Uh, again, we're human. We make mistakes, but, uh, that's, that's why we work hard. That's why we sacrifice. That's, you know, we, and we're away from our families and, and we, we try to do the absolute best job that we can. Because you love the sport. And we love, love the sport. It. Yeah. That it's is a lot of just, pressure. It is it's a so lot much of fun though. <laughs> that is a lot of pressure. Wow. Well, I know I'm going to be watching completely differently this fall and I'm so yeah. excited for listeners to get this episode. And it's a great episode that, you know, if you have a person in your life who doesn't quite understand football, this is going to help kind of put some things in perspective. Oh, I love it. Okay. Really fast before we go, we have four end of show questions. We always ask on the Illuminate podcast. Super quick. What is the best or most recent book that you've read among the 8 billion other things you're doing to prepare for the season? Oh my goodness. To fight and fly a story of Bud Anderson, uh, a biography about a world war II fighter pilot um, flew P 51 Mustangs took off from uh, yeah, to fight and fly. Love the book really kind of behind the scenes. Look at, what was the life like as a World War II fighter pilot? That's, I bet it's a lot like life as a center judge. Oh, love it. Yeah, Lots of things. Running backwards, though. Yeah, run, run backwards. Well, they, maybe they fly backwards. I don't know. That's, that's probably not. Who knows? Know. <laughs> um, what or who is illuminating or inspiring you right now? Uh, I, I'm constantly inspired by my colleagues and my, my family members. Uh, my wife's uh, just an incredible mother and and works as a, a music educator as well. I, I find inspiration in, in multiple people. Oh, I love that. Find inspiration when you look around. That's such a, I mean, as someone who is observant as a line judge, as a, as a yeah. center judge, you yep. have to be observant. All right, Absolutely. what is an organization that you would like to illuminate? An organization that I would like to illuminate. Uh, so we'll say um, uh, the, the Volusia County Music Teachers Association uh, here in Central Florida, they just do incredible things, uh, helping uh, y- youngsters uh, learn music, provide them with 
with feedback from other teachers. They, they host organizations uh, to help them perform piano and other instruments in, in the public. Just, just a wonderful organization. Cool, I will definitely link to that so others can see the great work they're doing. And last but not least, what is the message that you want to send to the world? Uh, you know, life, life is short, work hard, uh, love one another, um, and, and, and keep, up, keep up the good work and the good fight. Awesome. <laughs> you know what, Greg? This is so cool. I'm going to be watching for you. We haven't given away your conference, so I'm not going to spoil right. it. Yep, trying, Just, to, trying to be a little anonymous. We're, we're being anonymous here, but my friends that are listening, watch some good football, enjoy, know that the refs are human, and thank you for sharing this story so we can illuminate yep. what all these amazing officials do. Tell your crew we said thanks. I will. I'll do that. Awesome. Have a great one. All right. Bye. Back judge, referee, center judge, line judge, something judge don't forget the wing official there's a lot of people on that field eight people plus the two in the booth so 10 members of the crew that make college football happen in addition to all those hard-working football players and all the coaches and then we get to have such a great time on Saturdays enjoying college football I hope that this episode illuminated the awesomeness that is the life as an official and how it requires so much hard work and dedication and the power of reputation what I really like is that we all have so much to offer. Life is short, but there is so much that we can do to make this world a place where we're excited about something. So I hope that this episode has taught you something. I hope that you're excited to watch football. I know I am. And if not, I hope that it's inspired you to go find something that you can be passionate about and you can pour into, just like all these officials do. Thank you so much for making the Illuminate podcast possible. Do us a favor, like and review so more people can hear these stories, and we will see you next time on the Illuminate podcast.